Welcome to Closer to Venus. I'm Johnny Burke. Today's guest is Mary Elizabeth Jackson, a children's writer, special needs advocate, and empath. Today, we are going to talk about understanding energy in the unseen world. Mary, welcome to the program. Hi, Johnny. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. We're very glad to have you. What is unseen energy? Good questions. We can see energy and then there's energy that we don't actually see with our physical eye, but we can feel it to the touch. It's sort of like the heat that comes off of a flame. We can't actually see that with our naked eye, but we can feel it with our hand without putting your finger in the fire, obviously. Energy is all around us. It's what we're made of. The the molecules that come together and form physical things that we see and are, but energy exists everywhere, even when we are not able to to see it because it's a constant thing that's constantly in motion and constantly moving. It's sort of like you come into a room and you sit down beside your friend or maybe your girlfriend or boyfriend or whoever your significant person is. And even though you're not touching, you can feel them. There's like that electricity you sort of feel between your arms when you sit beside each other. Do you know what I'm talking about? Mm -hmm. Energy is constantly existing all the time. Just because we can't see it does not mean that it does not exist. Is that clear enough? It's quite clear. Energy is pretty much everywhere, as a lot of us already know, we are comprised of energy. Is energy created by our thoughts? Absolutely. There is power in words. The energy that exists in all of nature is electric energy. It's the energy that makes the planet work, vibrate, pulse, constantly change, constantly move, constantly be evolving. When we listen to music, like very calming music or orchestral music or spiritual meditative music, it actually calms us down, right? It's a vibration. It's a frequency. And we are vibration and frequency. And I think the beautiful thing about music is it is something that brings all of us together, but we can completely relate to it. And it affects us because we are those similar frequencies and vibrations. When you listen to meditative music, what does it do for you? It calms you down. It makes you feel peaceful. Then you put on some heavy metal and what do you want to do? Run around, scream and yell. And you know, you want to break your guitar, right? So sometimes, (laughs) sometimes, right. So it's kind of a metaphor analogy to look at, to help understand how energy works and the correlation between vibration, frequency, and, and sound. Sound therapy for children is amazing. Sound therapy for people who have had strokes and comas and things like that is absolutely amazing for healing. There is also power and energy and the frequency and tone of your voice. When you listen to someone talking very quietly and very calmly, it makes you feel calmer. But if somebody raises their voice, you feel your body, your energy body feels attacked, doesn't it? So what do you do? You go on a defense almost automatically without even knowing it, right? So it's interesting, all these things that work around us that we're not maybe physically tuned into at the moment. I, in my life, have had examples. One of the most significant ones I can remember, I was in my early mid-20s and I was miserable in the job I was in. And I kept saying, I need a break. I need a break. I need a break. But I never specified. The experience I had with that was you really need to clarify when you say things. You need to be very intentional with your words. But I kept saying I needed a break. Well, you know what happened? I fell down the stairs and I broke my arm. Okay. Okay. That's when I started to pay attention to my language and my words that I speak because there is power and energy with those. How does it make a person feel when someone screams they hate you? 
Well, it hurts, doesn't it? It is an emotional, energetic hurt, not necessarily a physical. But then when somebody tells you they love you, you feel all these senses in your body turn on, don't they? Your vibration changes and that's all energy. And it's really fascinating learning about being an empath or psychic or all of this stuff is really about expanding your awareness. Because if you grow up in a certain household with certain belief systems, you have a hard time understanding it or even thinking about it. But if you decide, I want to go outside the box and expand my awareness, it opens the door for so many things in your life. Right now, this period of time we're in, it's very apparent that it is an expansion of awareness for all of us. How did you find yourself being an empath and what it means for you specifically? I imagine it means different things for different people. Absolutely. There are people who know from birth, like one of my spiritual teachers, he's been seeing dead people since he was born. His father had the gift. His grandfather had the gift. Most of the time, these things are handed down through families. I believe we all have the abilities for this. Otherwise, you'd have maybe one in a million people who had it, right? It'd be some kind of psychic phenomenon, but it's not. There are more and more people waking up every day going, this doesn't make sense to me anymore, but I am having all these feelings and I'm having all these experiences and I really want to understand what's happening to me. For me, my mother is very psychic. My grandmother was. My mother, she doesn't do as much with what she has, but if you were to meet her and she was to hold a piece of your jewelry, she could tell you things about yourself. I think that's fascinating. I I don't do that. It is, definitely. Say you said, I introduced you guys and she might say, here, give me your watch or give me your ring. And then she might see a whole scenario about you. I have experienced it myself with her doing for other people. And they're always like, oh my gosh, it's always been right on. But for me, when I was very little, I always felt like I had to be in church. There was this draw to church and there was this draw to God. And having to be in church was like, it was like light. It was like breath. It was like breathing air. And something inside me said, I have to be there. Now for a child, we believe you're taught, we go to church and we pray and we worship God and we do this and we do that. And so for a child's mind, they believe that God is only at church, you know, until they understand God's in everything and everywhere. So I was always wanting to be there. And when I was around nine or 10, for some reason, I wanted to feel God. I needed uh, verification that, that he, it, or whatever it is existed. And I really wanted that verification. Even now when I pray, I pray, God help me to see the truth in things, not man's truth, but what is your truth? So I kept asking for this. And one night in my bedroom, I was sitting there in my bed and I was praying. And as I turned the lights out, there was this purple ball of light and it didn't have a specific shape to it, but it was very fluid. It was light purple and dark purple and it was moving. And it came toward me as I was praying for God, I want to see you. I want to know you. I want to feel you. And this purple light came up over the bed and it came to me and it enveloped my entire person and was one of the most significant experiences in my life, I would say, because to this day, I can see it visually like it just happened. It was the most profound warmth, comfort, peace, and love that I have ever felt in my entire life. I mean, even talking to you, I want to cry because how it was like, if perfection exists, it was perfection if that makes any sense. It recalls the near-death experience or samadhi, which is not a near-death, but the feeling and characteristics are very similar, almost as if it's a very deep state of meditation or astral projection. If you were to take three different people, an empath, a psychic, 
and a medium, what would be the differences? It almost sounded like you were going to say a joke, you know, like the this, this, and this walked into the bar and, you know, what happened? No, no joke here. No joke here. <laughs> it's just that every time someone poses a question, they tend to get psychics and mediums mixed up and they're not the same thing. No, they're not the same thing. Mediums are channels for the past, for souls who have passed away. People who have psychic abilities is knowing before something happens. Psychics don't actually channel people who've passed over. I have all these different senses and abilities. As far as I know, I don't channel. Now I can go into automatic writing. And then when I come out, I'm like, wow, did I just write that? Well, no, it was flowing through me. I was just this channel, this conduit of creativity flowing through. And a psychic is a person who claims to use extrasensory perception to identify information that's coming through. Okay. So they're using their senses that's the difference between psychic and medium. Now, when you add empath into the mix or empathic, you can have empaths who can feel what others feel, emotions, and you can have empaths who can feel other people's emotions and physically what they're going through. Okay. So that happens for me. And, and I'll say this to you kind of jokingly, because I don't remember signing up for this. <laughs> Good, right. Because you didn't. Well, actually it depends on who you talk to spiritually. Some people will tell you that you came into this world and this is what you agreed to do. So you've got that whole other conversation that you can have. About soul contracts. And yeah. You signed up to do this. People will say, oh my God, that is a horrible thing that happened. There are two sides to this. Cause like I had a conversation about a month ago go with a pastor friend of mine. She says, Mary, people ask me all the time, why do bad things happen to good people? And her response is, well, God is giving you warnings or higher being, whoever it is you believe in is sending you messages. You're just not listening. Like there are warnings that happen. Like you get a, a worry thought about something. This is intuition, right? That thing we're born with inside of us. I call it a God alarm. So it helps us to maneuver through life. Don't run out in the street and run in traffic. Maybe you meet somebody and you have this feeling about that person that they give you the creeps or there's a red flag, or you might feel drawn to this person. That's your intuitive self. That's the guidance system that was given to us at birth to help us maneuver through life. We get busy being humans and trying to be in control of everything. And we don't always listen, right? So the intuition you mean? Right. I had to learn the hard way, unfortunately. You know, I got a warning in the car with my husband and my daughter in 2002. We were driving down the interstate and it was raining and I had been asleep and I woke up. It's like somebody grabbed my shirt and pulled me awake and screamed at me, get away from that truck. And I was not awake completely to say something. And so I felt, oh, it's just my worry. Well, the next instant we hydroplaned into the semi truck and spun around in the middle of the interstate, ended up in the median. My husband ended up with plates in his neck over that. So if I had said, get away from that semi, <laughs> if I had been aware enough to know that was not just a worry, that was a warning. There have been times it's been much more subtle than that, but we don't listen when we need to listen to those warnings in our lives. A lot of those warnings can be attributed to intuition but then there are there are those folks who would say, well, it's not necessarily intuition. It's actually more of your spirit guide. Do you agree with that? Or is that a discussion to have with the mediums? No, that's totally it also. Yes, it's your higher self. It's your higher guidance system. You can call it what you want, whatever you're comfortable with. God alarm, 
intuition, higher spirit, higher self, soul, your angels, your spirit guides, your crew, whatever you want to call them. We all have them. It's whether you choose to tune into it or you are already able to tune into it or you choose not to tune into it. It doesn't matter. It exists. It's a form of energy. There's good energy. There's bad energy. If your thoughts are about surrounding yourself with help and guidance and being able to tune into these things. I want to have an understanding. I want to walk a path in this life of my higher self. You can do that. There are going to be challenges that come with it. Why? Because we're human. We have human behaviors ingrained, lessons that have happened. If your parent leaves you as a child, you got a program running in you about fear of abandonment, right? So you got to work through that in order to live that higher version of yourself. And part of that is just being aware okay, so this is why I'm feeling this way. It has nothing to do with Johnny because Johnny didn't call me back. It's because I was abandoned by my father. Yeah, Yeah. I get where you're going there. And it's that simple too, though. You know what I mean? Even though it's really deep. When we talk about the higher self and how we need to get there, ascension is something we're hearing about all the time. What do we need to know about ascension, especially those of us that want to get to higher spiritual ground? It almost seems like there's all this talk, but where's the step-by-step guidebook? Is there one? Well, I'm working on one for empaths, actually. How do you survive in a day-to-day life and not think you're going crazy, right? If the world is full of fear and anxiety and worry and you are a sensitive person, research has been done on empaths and people who are higher intuitive and sensitive people. Their nervous systems look different. They're much more charged like a battery. It takes less for you to feel it than somebody else. You may need more compression in order to feel something. Like you may need a super tight hug to feel a hug from someone. And an intuitive, sensitive person, you might touch my hand and I go, oh boy, I can feel you. So with that being said, there are a lot of people who are waking up right now. One, because the conversations are out there more and more. It's getting more into mainstream. You can get on YouTube and find a million people talking about this or half a million or a hundred thousand or 10,000. So in the spiritual world, in understanding what it's like to be an empath or a psychic or a medium or an intuitive or whatever you want to call yourself, you need to do your research and understand. For empaths, you should read Judith Orloff. So it's O-R-L-O-F-F. So she's got an empath survival guide in there, and she has an actual test that you can take to figure out where you are as an empath. Are you really an empath? Are you like super duper empath? Are you just like beginning stages of an empath? All of us, unless you are a narcissist or you're an energy vampire or whatever you want to call those people, an empath feels, feels so much, has so much compassion, like over compassion, right? And a narcissist can't feel for anyone else but themselves. One of the interesting things is a lot of times they get connected in life together because the narcissist sees that light that is in the empath, that light of love and compassion. Compassion is one of the highest vibration emotions there are. Forgiveness, kindness, love, compassion, all those higher vibrational words. So ascension is growing yourself into a higher state of being. The farther you get on this path, when things happen in your life and you get kind of brought back down to these lower energy words and vibrations like fear and grief and loss and abandonment and jealousy, hate, resentment, all those lower feelings, it really drags you down. 
You can't touch it. You can't feel it, but it's actually happening. That's energy and motion that's happening. We are all connected. And so that door for you was open to hear your partner before they said it. So that's a sense, one of the senses. You have to be willing to go into meditation. Meditation is not always about getting into some kind of guru state, okay? Meditation is coming back into yourself, being in the moment. It's about pulling all of those places that your energy is expanding out into. And it's about pulling that energy back into you so that nobody else is using it, but you at the moment space is where you can connect with that higher part of yourself to hear what do you need for you? What will help you grow? What will help you connect with the other world or unseen world to be an empath or understand it more or be a psychic or be a medium? For some people, they're just born with it. For me, it's not a choice. I've tried to turn it off. Your life is a little bit more miserable when you turn it off. What you just said about, it's not really a choice. You didn't choose being an empath. It shows you. Mm -hmm. Now, could that be related to what we call soul contracts? When you went from one life to another and before you were reincarnated, you agreed to come back because it was part of your homework when you went back to earth school. That's something that I keep hearing over and over again when we bring up soul group, soul contract. I signed up for this. Right. If you can get to that place of believing that, that's an awareness expansion. I think the language that's out there you're probably hearing a lot about is being a way shower, being a light, turning on your light to help others see the way. We really do have to shift this planet into a better space. Right. That's what Ascension is all about. Right. As far as I understand it. If you want to simplify it and not make it woo-woo and crazy scary, because boy, that's Mm -hmm. out there too. We definitely do not want to go into the woo-woo territory here. But yeah, I agree. Our world is in a very negative place. In order for us to survive as a human race, we have to step up to the plate and we got to make some changes. And some of those changes are how we live how we treat others, how we think about ourselves, and that we are more of a service-minded mind being of service to others. How can I be of service? How can I help? How can I be a light so you can turn your light on and see the brilliance that exists within you? Because there is brilliance within each of us. Now, you mentioned the word way shower. Mm -hmm. Is that the same thing as a light worker? Yeah, pretty much. David Wilcock, Mm -hmm. he speaks about wanderers and they come from other star systems and so on. With the discussion of ascension, light workers, light, seems to be all about the white light. That's what a lot of us keep hearing. Mm -hmm. And you made a good point to avoid the whole woo-woo thing because that's just very confusing and has a very negative connotation. But we hear terms like 3D, 4D, 5D, in other words, third dimension, third density, fourth density, and fifth, and all the way up the ladder. Mm -hmm. What you mentioned about service to others, the way it was explained to me once was when we go from the third to the fourth density, we have to make a choice between service to self or service to others. And once we get past that, we go on to the next thing where we're basically raising our vibration. So if we discuss this enough, and try to connect the dots, pretty soon we start hearing the same things over and over again about like raising vibrations, raising the frequency, service to others instead of service to self. But it's a pretty huge challenge based on very recent history in the past five or six months 
it seems to me that some people will progress. They're going to make the choice to climb that proverbial spiritual ladder, but some are going to be left behind. Do you agree? Yeah, I think that if you are a person who makes the choice to do things that hurt others, there are consequences. It's like when you raise a child, this is the thing. Okay, you said you're sorry, don't do it again. But if you continue to do it and say sorry, nobody's going to believe you anymore. But you're also not correcting your behavior. But there's consequences for every choice that we make in life. There are people who are going to choose to stay in lower vibrational patterns or living their life maybe in drugs and alcohol. And if they don't choose to come out of that, that's a choice they've made and they probably would be left behind because they've not gotten to a place where they feel like there are those of us who are ready to step to a next level and, and be a better version of who we already are on this planet. There are those we need to help and there are those that have to learn themselves because they have such a significant lesson to learn that if we interfere, they may not learn their lesson. A really good point. I had a similar discussion recently, another empath, a really cool girl, and we were talking about getting everyone on the boat, not leaving anyone behind. Right. But on the other hand, that might be where they're at. Like you just said, if we interfere, they're not going to learn their lesson. It's actually going to do more harm than good. So the way I look at it, those people that are very attached to material things like the big houses and the expensive golf club memberships, they might not see the light in this life, but they need to get, they need to grow out of that if they're going to ascend, right? Right. Absolutely. Because um, holding on to those earthly attachments and isn't it funny, Johnny, you can't take it with you. So it's all connected. It's funny whether people want to believe in it or not. There is a connection with all of this. And I want to be able to explain ascension and growing and changing and light workers and way showers and all that stuff in a way that people can really get it and understand it. So it's not something that you go, what did you just say? It's a great idea. I look forward to the empaths manual. Some people that will be exposed to that will think, hmm, maybe I should read this. So you have to let us know when that comes out. Absolutely. Basically, it's choosing to be responsible. It's choosing to own your crap and fix what your part is in it so you can show up is that better version of yourself is some of the best things that we can do right now. And also the people who have made that decision and know they're a light worker or a way shower, it, it's basically standing there with the two lights on the airport, helping the planes land. Okay. We're trying to get you in safely. We're trying to get you in safely and then guide the plane. Okay. This is the better route than this route over here. That's another example that could help somebody understand there's a light that is in each of us. We were born with it. The mm -hmm. moment we took a breath of life, this is about service again. How can my brilliance help your brilliance? Well, we can co-create something magnificent together. I can learn something from you. You can learn something from me and have what you could call an energy exchange. Just in a conversation, there's healing that's happening between people all the time, even on a level that we don't see or feel. And it's why people are drawn to each other. You know, there are no accidents when we meet people. Uh, no accidents and no coincidences. Right. right? There's no such thing. Right. Absolutely. I think when it comes down to it, it is all about trying to reach a better version of yourself. But if there's one common denominator, it's always light. It's always about the light. 
Mary, thanks so much for joining us today. How can our listeners find you online and learn more about you? Well, I am an author and an advocate, and my website is maryejackson.com. I'm a Mary Jackson 444 on Instagram. I am Mary underscore E underscore Jackson on Twitter. I'm Mary E. Jackson on LinkedIn or through Instagram. You've been listening to Closer to Venus. I'm Johnny Burke. If you enjoyed today's episode, please consider subscribing. If you really liked it, you can also leave us a review on iTunes. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll see you next time.